Hello and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who and the Sarah Jane Adventures and Torchwood. My name is David and as always I am joined by the upgraded Matt. Hello there. Well then Matt, we're talking about Cyberwoman this week. We are, but before we get there we've got important business to attend to David. Uh, what's that? Because we kind of forgot to do this last week and then I fear it was too uh-huh. little too late. It's important we say this is episode 196 of the podcast. It's going to be right. episode 200 in a few weeks. Right, okay. I thought you were wanting to properly refute the accusation that we are stinky boys. Oh, well, we'll get to that. <laughs> if, if you know who makes an appearance this week, I'm, I, I might have crosswords with him. <laughs> because I may be many things, David, but I am not, I repeat, not a stinky boy. <laughs> Even on a day as hot and humid as this, Matt? Oh, I'm, I'm more deodorant than man today. <laughs> it's upsetting, isn't it? Yeah. Um, anyway, yes. Um, we, episode 200 just round the corner what did you want to tell our listeners about that I just want them to send us big emails saying how great we are (laughs) that's it we don't ask for much on this podcast no just we don't ask you to leave reviews every week you know I just really feel at the moment my ego needs fluffing so (laughs) Oh no! Just send something uh, nice in, and we'll read it out. We, I, yeah. I've got a plan. You've got a plan. There's seemingly two yeah. different plans, but let, let's get some listener <laughs> emails involved as well. All right. I, I will mention. I won't say specifically what we're covering for our two hundredth episode, but I will. I will let people know we're not going to be doing just whatever random episode of Torchwood it is that week. We're going to be doing a little bit of classic Who. That's a special treat. Yeah. I shall leave it for the listeners to guess which uh, story we might be tackling. Yeah. Don't send in your suggestions, though. Mine's already made up. But Yeah. <laughs> um, We're not doing yeah. a poetry contest as well. We don't want any submissions for that. Okay? No. We don't want any, any, any constructive Any poetry criticism. you send in. We just want really nice, ego-boosting emails. Yeah, I, I want to be very clear. We, we, we actively do not want you to submit poetry to us. If you do, we will print it out a copy just to burn it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it that that is the disdain in which we will be holding any poetry submitted to us yeah. on this occasion. I will um, print it out and put it in boxes of Weetabix in Tesco. <laughs> You know when you used to get a little treat in the cereal, like a little toy? Mm-hmm. I'm going to submit people's Someone's crap just... poetry. About Doctor Who? Yeah. Excellent. Um, all right then, Matt. So, uh, yes. Uh, apart, from, apart from the heat, how are you doing this week? Oh, David, what a week it's been. Now... Yes. This is weird. This is where we have to enter the web of time a little bit because we're recording it this episode before we record a bonus episode but the bonus episode Mm -hmm. is going to be released before this episode is released 
You're confident of that, are you? Yeah, I'm an editing machine. Um, oh, but this week, David, enough. we have reviewed for our bonus episode the War Doctor story, Never Web. Yes, we have. We had a great discussion, I hope. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, well, that episode, that idea was submitted by our listener, Sonia. And as mm-hmm. part of that, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Sonia this week. We did a little, little bonus to the bonus. Uh, you had an audience with the Duchess. Yeah, exactly that, exactly that. Uh, where all I wanted to do, really, was say, why did you suggest this? You know, what was the thought process? We just talked about Pokemon. <laughs> largely, Excellent. Largely talked about Pokemon and our joint admiration of you. Ah. Oh. So. Well, that's very sweet. Yeah, yeah. And... She, she was saying how much she was uh, a fan of Little Zorbs, but obviously the episode where he referred to me as a stinky boy hadn't released at that point, so maybe her opinions changed. Uh, if anything, I imagine it's gone up. He's I am not a stinky boy, all right? I've spent a week <laughs> really self-conscious about my smell and odour. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it, how words can cut so deep? Yeah. Yeah, if he'd have come on effing and jeffing, I wouldn't have minded, but stinky boy, <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's cruel stuff. Yeah. But, you know, he he's harsh but fair, I think. Fair? Works, by and large. Fair? By and large, yeah. Uh, don't think I didn't see that video where he destroyed that beautiful marble room you'd built as well. That, that <laughs> boy is on a reign of terror at the moment. <laughs> He's got a certain rebellious streak, it must be said. I made the mistake of trying... Uh, we, were, we were playing with Lego this morning. I, I, I attempted to gently guide him towards following the instructions to make a really rad spaceship. He was having none of it. He was going off script within within seconds of getting that booklet out. Wow. You know, that's uh, that's who he is, well, it seems. As, w- as well as meeting with Sonia this week, David. I, of course, had mm-hmm. the pleasure of meeting Harry from the Who Can Convince You podcast. Oh, yes. Yes, you've not talked to me at all about this uh, incredible meeting of minds. Yeah. It, it was so warm, David. Yeah. It was so warm. We we went for lunch. It was nice. We met in the centre of York. Mm-hmm. We went to one of my favourite places to eat in York, Fancy Hanks. Big shout out. Hopefully they'll sponsor us. Excellent. Uh, I had a shrimp sandwich, Harry had a cheeseburger, his partner had chicken tenders, and I think the most shocking reveal was when we were discussing food, as we do, um, Harry's partner showed me a picture of a meal he once cooked. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm going to talk you through this, David, in your mind's eye. Yeah. Imagine... The most burnt bacon you've ever seen. Uh-huh. Paired with baked beans that have somehow gone brown and look a bit like refried beans. Mm-hmm. And the sauce you've served over that is a block of cheese that you've boiled in a pan of water. <laughs> Matt, I am so relieved. Because for half a second there, I thought you were going to tell me that Harry, in addition to being, you know, 
a, a, an astounding multi-instrumentalist and composer is also like you know some michelin star quality chef in the kitchen yeah. i am so relieved to hear that he's bad at cooking yeah everyone's got their strengths and their weaknesses but yeah yeah it's just good good to be reminded that he is immortal yeah 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 you know and shockingly because i know it gets mentioned a lot on their podcast how tall harry is not as tall mm-hmm. as Rob from the Cloister Bell. Rob is still Britain's tallest podcaster. <laughs> oh, you're going to go out on a limb there. Yeah. Not just Britain's tallest Doctor Who podcaster. Yeah. Tallest podcaster, full top, full stop. Well, um, within our little group chat, when obviously Harry and I had met, we sent a little picture saying, oh, it's funny who you bump into in the street. And I've already got mm-hmm. my sights set on meeting Mark from the All of Time and Space podcast. You know, I'll, I'll be pleasant. I'll buy him a coffee, maybe lunch, but secretly I'll be measuring him against other podcasters. <laughs> Got to be done. Are you are you gonna uh, when when you finished your uh, investigations? Are you gonna publish uh, official rankings? Well, no, because sadly, I, I would say we're two average height gentlemen, but based on my research yeah. so far, we are Britain's shortest podcast. Hmm. You, know, you think? I mean, I, I think you're you're probably a touch taller than me. I, I'm about a say? flat six foot, I would say. Yeah, no, I'm 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 a bit shorter than you, then. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I place I'm, Harry I'm, at about six stump, five, yeah. six six, and mm. as I've said, Rob, seven foot four. Mm-hmm. He, he's a giant. He's a freak. Yeah, but hey ho. Now I do have one final bit of news this week, David. Lay it on me. Obviously, we no longer do meal of the week. Yep. But although I was That's, in, And to be clear, that is never coming back. I was in the car with my brother yesterday who listened. Yeah. And he did say that every week we start a conversation with we no longer do meal of the week and then just discuss where we've eaten that week. Um, <laughs> but no, this is not meal of the week. It's dead and buried. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, right, I, yeah. I went for a meal this week at Rufforth mm-hmm. Airfield, and you, right. you sit alongside. Uh, uh, is that, is, is that a well known for its cuisine? Uh, I don't believe so. But there's a new <laughs> restaurant opened there, which sits okay. alongside the runway. So we were just oh, watching lovely. small, like, two-man planes, gyrocopters, helicopters taking off. Best atmosphere for a meal I've had in ages. Excellent. Yeah. But that's enough about um, me uh, what, and my was, week. How's, how's yours yeah. been? How are the standing stones, bodies of water, areas of local um, interest? Well, um, that yeah, it all sort of came to an end because we recorded, what was it, was it Tuesday... We recorded on, I think, and um, uh, Wednesday was my last day of uh, holiday. So you know, we it was sort of like tying up loose things, uh, loose ends, getting the the camping stuff packed away. Um, decided I would take little Zorbs uh, over to to uh, the park that's a uh, short dis- short walk away from our house. Let him have a little play around on on the swings and whatnot. Um, he insisted on being picked up when we were literally three metres away from from the park. He just conserve his energy, clearly. Um, and so I was just wandering along. Um, 
on on the grass and uh, ended up walking into a small divot in the ground, oh, dear. horrifically twisting my ankle, oh, dear. <laughs> tossed little Zorbs about a metre away from me. <laughs> he was understandably quite put out by the whole affair. Quite, quite, quite let down. Um, I heard a horrible crunching sound in the process and ended up having to go to A&E. <laughs> oh, no. Are you OK? I'm fine. Uh, fortunately, no, nothing sort of fractured or anything. Um, it was just sort of musculature damage. And uh, so I've just been hobbling around for the last few days uh, with my ankle Sometimes feeling like it's on the mend and sometimes feeling really quite rough. But um, I'm sure in the grand scheme it will sort itself out. I, I It was one of those situations where, do you know when you go to A&E and you end up with an incredibly overworked and business-like nurse? Yeah. And those, I, I think nurses in general have a very particular kind of disdain for adult men who've just had a bit of a boo-boo. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I know exactly where you're coming from there. <laughs> so I was in and out in a couple of minutes. They, were, they didn't even bother to x-ray me. She just had a little feel around and said, no, it's fine, you just need to rest your ankle for a bit. Oh, God. It was the noise, though. The noise yeah. had me worried. Do you, do you know what? I would rather probably take a bullet than turn my ankle. Nothing. Yeah. Like, there are very few injuries that upset me as much. And I, I, I know the crunch you're talking about. Yeah, it's it was it was unpleasant, especially as a man uh, like me who is I'm naturally very risk averse. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't I don't enjoy team sports. I don't I've no interest in 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 abseiling or skydiving or, or anything that puts me uh, in any kind of uh, physical danger. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I sort of am weirdly proud of the fact that I've gotten to this stage in my life and uh, to my knowledge, I've never broken a bone in my body. Um, and yeah, so I didn't, didn't appreciate it, to be honest. Not a fan of the twisted ankle, but it's, it seems to be getting better slowly, but surely. Good. Um, other than that, it's just, I've had a couple of couple of uh, days of hell at work, you know, coming coming off the back of nearly two weeks away. Um, you know, just a mountain of emails. And I'll tell you, um, I, w I cannot think of a worse subject line of an email to receive on the afternoon of your first day back after two weeks of work from someone who is superior to you with, with, with a subject line... A few matters. Oh, God. Oh, no specifics. Just, you know, some stuff that needs to be raised. And, you know, we're not just talking one matter, a couple of matters. No, a few. Yeah. A few matters. Uh, turns out they were all absolutely fine, completely non-urgent things that I could deal with in about five minutes. But <laughs> that when, I, when I got that email, my heart absolutely sad. I've raised it at my workplace that people yeah. should not send emails that say, can I just invite you to a meeting at half three? Because then you spend all day like, well, am I getting sacked? Am I getting a pay rise? What is this? And yeah, nine times yeah. out of Vague ten, emails are the it's worst. like, oh, what do you think of this? 
Just, uh, yeah. just, just a little soupçon of context goes a long way with that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, so that, that was all fine um, in the end. And uh, what have I been? I'm trying to think what I've been doing this weekend. Uh, mostly just looking after. Zorbs, to be honest, uh, my partner's been been busy with some other bits and bobs. She's currently um, putting together a solar powered robot with him. Oh, nice! So that'll be yeah. the first step on his uh, r- ruinous destruction of the local town. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he is. He he is definitely an aspiring supervillain. If, if Robocop kicks down my front door and accuses me of being a stinky boy, I won't be happy. Ah, <laughs> oh dear. Uh, well, anyway, yeah, so so that's it. Yeah, it's not been a terribly... Um, well, I, I guess in some ways it's been eventful, but it doesn't feel eventful, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, as you can tell, I'm absolutely chomping at the bit to talk about Cyberwoman. Mm. Really, I'm just d- delighted that we have this rare opportunity. Yeah. Um, but uh, before we get there, Matt, before we get there, we've got a couple of regular segments to attend to. Uh, do you want to start with uh, Have I Got Who's For You? Or um, uh. would you prefer Letters, Letters? Um, I'll let you choose this week. Let's let's mix things up. Let's go with um, let's go with have I got who's for you first. So I'm just booting up searchwise.net. Hopefully my phone will cooperate today. Seems to be in a better mood. And uh, yeah, then we'll see what sort of. Lovely clickbait searchwise.net has got for us today. Okay. Um Digital Spy saying new Doctor Who movie lands UK cinema release. Let's talk about that, David, because if it's local, I saw that this morning. If it's local, me and you are going. It'll be my treat. Oh, is this uh, the documentary Doctor Who Am I? Yeah. Yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah, if it's in a local cinema. Yeah, I am interested in it. We'll go. Ah. That'll be fun, and we'll we'll do we'll obviously we'll do a little bonus episode off the back of that if we we do go and, and see it. I am certainly interested in it. Um, I don't know whether there's much more to talk about there. The Hollywood Reporter have got an exclusive map shooting at where to start filming first Doctor Who season this November. I mean, unfortunately for them, I think they put all the salient details in the headline there. I don't think there'll be anything else that we will glean from the article that isn't uh, covered by that so uh, we can probably comfortably skip that one 
Radio Times, Neil Patrick Harris's Doctor Who character has, quote, posh British, British accent. Or does he? I mean, I mean we'll find out when the episode the airs. It, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, not really worthy of a click, I don't think. Um, what else have we got here? Ooh, Radio Times. Doctor Who in talks with BBC about return of Christmas Day episodes. That'd be good, but you... that headline kind of tells us everything, doesn't it? It kind of does. Oh, do you want to go for... We, we, we skip past the screen rant clickbait every time. But you, this one might interest you. Doctor Who has wasted unit. How Russell T. Davis can fix it. Yeah, let's go for that. That'd be an interesting yeah. point of conversation. Yeah, potentially. However, if so, at any point it says give Osgood a spin-off, um, we shut <laughs> down the whole segment and move on. <laughs> Let's see. Doctor Who has spent the last decade wasting the potential of UNIT, the military organisation designed to combat threats originating from beyond the stars. As RTD prepares to return to his former post as showrunner, it's hoped that the next era of the BBC franchise will finally give UNIT the attention and hopefully the spin-off series that it deserves. After all, the potential is certainly there. I hope it says, it's hoped. Like, they're just speaking for absolutely everyone there. I mean... Certainly, as a fan of Unit myself, I would be up for more Unit. I, de I, I would love a, a, a spin-off series. Uh, it's long been mooted by various uh, fan circles, but I don't know whether it's remotely likely. Uh, anyway, featured prominently during the classic years of Doctor Who, the Unified Intelligence Task Force was reintroduced by RTD for the show's revival, where they assisted the 10th Doctor aboard the Sycorax spacecraft on Christmas Day in 2006. Um, Martha Jones, a former companion of the Time Lord, even ended up working for them, and they played their most significant part in the revival series during Stephen Moffat's run as showrunner, led by Jemma Redgrave's formidable Kate Lethbridge-Stewart. When the controversial Chris Chibnall picked up the baton in 2017, however, he elected to cut down Unit's involvement in the Hooniverse drastically, though they finally returned during Doctor Who's season 13, a.k.a. Flux. Um, we're just sort of getting a potted uh, history here. I'm going to skip over a lot of this, just mentioning where it's been. Um, so, with the return of RTD as showrunner and executive producer... Of Doctor Who on the horizon, now would be a better time than ever to offer Unit its long overdue televised solo series. Davis is, after all, responsible for the conception of Torchwood and the Sarah Jane Adventures, yada yada yada. Um, Prior to being offered a return to his former post, RTD confessed via Digital Spy that the franchise is in need of more spin-off series. Quote, We should be sitting here announcing the Nyssa Adventures or the return of Donna Noble, and you should have the 10th and 11th Doctors together in a 10-part series, he admitted. If this interview is an indicator of things to come in the Hooniverse, fans are in for a treat and Davis would be wise to tap into the potential offered by UNIT. 
Either way, the future of Doctor Who has never been brighter. So a bit of a nothing article there. No mention of Osgood, you'll be pleased to know. Boy, oh boy, do people uh, in the fandom cling on to that one casual quote from an RTD interview and uh, just, yeah, just run with it all the time. Because that was an uh, that was a, um interview he gave, I think, before he'd been offered the return to to Doctor Who. I mean, maybe in time it will, t- it will turn out that discussions were being had even back then. But this was a few years ago at this point that he made that quote. And um, as nice as an idea it is, I don't know how... I don't think we're suddenly going to be hearing about 10 different spin-off series in, next year, you know. I think if the spin-offs do start happening, they will happen at a very gradual pace. I think they won't want to... When when we get Shooting Atwell's debut series, I don't think they will want anything to overshadow that initially. Yeah. Do, do I think, think announcements might come towards the end of that series or something. Do, do you think that we will revisit some of the old spin-offs? Like, obviously, I know... The Sarah Jane adventures can't happen in its previous incarnation, but do you think we could get some of the characters back from that? Likewise with Torchwood. Um. Well, they they did a bit of that with the um, Doctor Who redacted podcast. Okay. There was. Um, okay, I've not listened to Sarah that. Jane adventures popping up in that, um, and I don't know. I I I think I uh, worry. Are that, we going to that... review that, or is it safe for me to listen to it? Oh, I don't know. I, I at one point I was I was thinking we should get it on the schedule, but I haven't figured out exactly when to do it. Mm. And I myself have listened to three episodes and I keep forgetting it exists. Right. And it's not that I haven't enjoyed those episodes. I just get distracted. Right. I think because it's one of those things where it's on the BBC Sounds app and it's an exclusive, and I so rarely go on the BBC Sounds app that I forget that it's there. I, I might listen to it and review it all in one day whilst I'm off work. Well, you can do it if you want. I, I think we. I think there's enough potential there for us to, to make an episode from it if you want. Maybe stick a poll up on Twitter. Yeah. Ask the listeners what they want. Whether they want it to be a regular episode, if if and if so, we'll do it before the end of the year. Or if they just would like to hear you shotgun it, and do that uh, like you did with um, Lady Christina, and, then and great. All the computer One next thing that I have to do. And all of class. If, I, if I'm doing it, Damien, I'm not mm-hmm. wasting any more than a day. I just do it all in one day. Yeah. You know it's ten parts, right? How, how long is each part? I think about half an hour. So that's five hours. Five hours. If I get up at half five, I'll bash it out before lunch. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but I think Torchwood, I'm not sure about. Because it depends. Do The trouble with Torchwood is... The name alone conjures up the stench of Barrowman. Yeah. And I I think they they want to have a, a clean break from that. Now you could take Torchwood and you you know, you could do it in a different you know, set it in a different part in Torchwood's history. You know, I'd love a sort of nineteen fifties set Torchwood. Yeah. Um series something like that could be really interesting but 
uh, e e even so, just the, 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 the name alone, you know, brings back associations with with the, that character and, and the unfortunately the actor who played him. And uh, that could be problematic if you kind of want to be putting your most progressive foot forward, as it were. Um, which I, 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 you know, I expect Doctor Who is going to be wanting to do um, going forwards. Right. I'd be more interested in, I would be more interested in a unit spin-off. Right. I've put that poll up. Whether that's present one, day or... One week, David. Okay. So the options are... So we'll come back next week and regular see. Regular episode, I'll watch it all in one day, or bonus episode. If we do a bonus episode, we won't do it all. We could maybe do like two episodes a week. I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. We'll figure something out. Yeah. yeah. We'll just make it a feature and stick it in these. Yeah. Certainly, I do think it's an interesting enough uh, uh, series that it's worth us tackling in some form or other. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what the listeners want. I'm, I'm good either way. Um but yeah, so more broadly, the, the, the thing is, there are so many different kinds of spin-offs you could do with Doctor Who. Um, it's you know, it, it's it's a universe of, of of limitless possibilities in a lot of ways. I think the thing that you know, as sad and as obvious as this is, I still want that McGann miniseries. Mm. That's it. If, Just if do me and you something are like up tickets for that documentary, and it's a big success. Yeah, we can be the ones. Yeah, we are maybe, the zeitgeist, maybe. David. I, I I honestly think we're at a time where the general public would be would be up for it, and the idea of you take McGann, you and you set it, and you give him a sort of an epic, just six episodes, six hours of TV, like a long movie or something, you know, an epic scale uh, serialized story that just once and for all does his doctor absolute justice mm. wouldn't that be a wouldn't that be a lovely treat you know yeah. um, I, I'd watch it that would be fun yeah but you know you could do that you could do paternoster gang you could i don't know you could have a sitcom starring dorian maldavar <laughs> And make it work if you wanted to. God, who would be like the most niche, niche person? A, a, oh. a sitcom. In fact, yeah. the entire sitcom porridge, but the right. Ronnie Barker character is played by the face of Bo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's set in the storm cage. Yeah. Oh, we could do Only Fools and Horses, where it's face of Bo mocks of Balhoon. <laughs> uh, I'd be up for that, but yeah. you, you genuinely you could do a sitcom in the Hooniverse yeah. quite easily. Yeah, Davros is you know, day off. That, that's what I would say. Yeah, it's it's. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Big Finish effectively did that. Really? Already? Well, they they said they. I've not listened to it, but there's a, a very well received uh, uh, story they did called I Davros. Right. That is just Davros is the main character, and I don't know that the Doctor features at all in it. Um, but I don't I don't know matters about that one. But but yeah, there is just 
it's such an elastic setting. I think in some ways even more so than Star Wars. With Star Wars, they, people do, they do spin-offs all the time, but there's a certain expectation of tone mm. with Star Wars that I don't think Doctor Who has, because Doctor Who has always had the ability to span but do you think that's so what many makes different it tones so and different, genres. Difficult. You know, like, Doc, Doctor Who can be silly, can be funny, can be serious, can be dark, can be yeah. scary. But if you look at, let, let's take Torchwood as the example, that has chosen yeah. to do one of those things. And yeah. I, I think it's to its detriment. I, I agree. I think that ultimately any spin-off you do, if you compare it to Doctor Who uh, as a series, it will seem lesser because the scale is smaller and the tone is more limited. I think that's kind of inevitable. And the only way around that is you do a spin-off like, I don't know, that's Clara and me in their TARDIS and then you're effectively just doing Doctor Who with different, you know, Doctor Who without the Doctor. Yeah. I mean, um, if we take what we've looked at, every spin-off has a Doctor character in it, whether it's Sarah Jane, Captain Jack, that alien woman in class. There's just like a pseudo-Doctor yeah. character. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You, you, need, you need a character. If you're setting it in that world, you need a character who can handle things on the scale that the doctor can you know so you need someone with that that broader base of knowledge of you know the universe um uh, and and what have you um i do think actually i know you'll roll your eyes at this but i do think in some ways one of the more interesting spin-offs that, that big finish have done that i've really enjoyed has been the unit uh new series uh sets where in essence your your doctor role is kind of split between Kate Stewart and Osgood, where Osgood brings the the intelligence of the doctor, but doesn't necessarily have the the, the ability to kind of doesn't have the same sort of adventurousness, doesn't have that kind of swashbuckling side of the doctor. And then you've got um, Kate Stewart, who, again, I wouldn't exactly call a swashbuckling character, but is kind of, has a sort of no-nonsense, rolls up her sleeves and, 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 and gets the job done. So, you know, that side of the Doctor. Um, so in some ways, you, you, you have the sort of Doctor proxy character, but it's spread out across a few different humans. Um, and there are other sort of members, like original characters in the team, who bring some of those other elements as well. So, essentially, you've got an entire team of people where you add them up together and you sort of get what you have in one person in the Doctor. Um, and I think that works well for the scope of Unit. Mm -hmm. um, so, Unit, to me, is one of the most no-brainer of all uh spin-off ideas certainly more of a no-brainer than, than, than class was class still has me kind of wondering the trouble i have with class is like just make it its own thing it just that that one really doesn't feel like it needed to be set in the world of doctor who mm. 
I sort of feel similarly about Torchwood, but of course we'll address how in this episode particularly they are making a, a concerted effort to set it in the world of Doctor Who. Um, not to its benefit, <laughs> I would argue. But anyway, we should move on. Uh, hit me hit me with some letters, Matt. David, I told you this last week. You have to say, Matt, let us letters. Matt, let us letters. Let's do this. Letters. Right, two choices left for this episode of Doctor Who magazine, David. Right. You can have 60 NPH or you can have spoilers. Let's go with spoilers. I think you're intentionally avoiding talking about Neil Patrick Harris, but let's move on. <laughs> We've only got. The... I didn't know that. That's what that was. That was uh, in relation uh, to. Well, this issue's only got that left, so we'll be doing that next week. Hopefully, I remember to buy right, the yeah. next issue. Don't you dare tell me to subscribe. Right. I mean, the savings speak for themselves, Matt. Okay. Who are you, bloody Martin Lewis, money expert? <laughs> right. Spoilers. Uh, let's pick... I'm going to go with Rob Irwin. From Australia. So it could be son of Steve Irwin here, David. From Australia Zoo. It could be. Yeah. Let's assume that it is. Do you want to say hello to Rob? I know he's a big fan of the show. He's always listening. Hi, Rob. Okay. Rob says, I take a fairly pragmatic view of spoilers. You can tell me who the returning monster of the week is or where the story is set. Or any number of random things, but at the end of the day, I still haven't seen the story. To me, just knowing random things about the story doesn't really spoil things at all, so long as they're not so detailed that they give the story itself away. And generally, they don't. To others, of course, even seeing what's in a trailer, something that the production team actively wants them to see, is a step too far. So the concept of what constitutes a spoiler <coughs> isn't going to be solved anytime soon. Fear. Yeah, I think that's very true. It's it is almost you know, uh, in the eye of the beholder, as it were, isn't it? Mm. Um, everyone's kind of got their own uh, limit. For me, what I found is, I like a teaser trailer. You know, if you give me like a minute's worth of footage and it's just little flashes of. We got this. We got this. one, We got this. Like uh, I would say, the, the 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 original the teaser trailer for Flux was a great example. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember that one, Matt. Um, um, I think I avoided got some, it for spoilers. Yeah, it's got some great little sort of flashes, but it gives almost nothing away. But it got me super hyped uh, for that series, and um, I thought it was really well done. Um, but. I'm not a big fan of, you know, if there is an interesting guest star, um, or especially if it's a returning guest star, like, you know, say River Song was going to be making a comeback mm -hmm. and that wasn't going to be the headline, as it were. No, I don't want to know that going in. See, I, in a, Let that be a lovely treat. I, I think I'm in a bit of a privileged position 
because yeah. obviously I, I've missed the boat on a lot of spoilers. So yeah. once that, I think that's a good example actually. Once River Song's story had wrapped up and I'd come to terms with losing her, and then we get the episode mm -hmm. called Husbands of River Song. That was a yeah. spoiler that works. I, I was excited for that. Yeah. You know, that, you know, really kind of hooked me in. But, I mean, we've yeah. talked about it before on Pod. I, I think the main thing I've had spoiled for me was when we watched Daleks... No, Angels Take Manhattan, sorry, or whatever it is. Yeah. And you load up BBC iPlayer and it just says... The Doctor says goodbye to Rory and Amy because it was a mid-series episode. I didn't want to see new companions come in or go in. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that, that really hampered it for me. I think... Yeah, I, I can imagine. I can't remember. I, I think I maybe had... There's definitely been... You had, you had the identity of Missy spoiled for you. Yes, yeah. And that was a disappointing one for me. Yeah. And I think the worst example of um, Doctor Who spoiling itself was when they went and included uh, John Sims Master in the, the next time trailer for World Enough and Time. Yeah. That There is no reason why they couldn't have kept that under wraps if they wanted to. Yeah, but then... They really made an effort. I, I think... I think I was lucky to avoid spoilers. The the revelation of John Hurt, that that was brilliant. Yeah. I'd have been really upset if that had been spoiled for me. And yeah, they they did an amazing job. And did did you know, did you know that they accidentally shipped DVDs of that episode before it had aired on TV? Oh really? Yeah. And when when they realised that that had happened, they basically contacted anyone who'd bought it and said, can you just please keep this under your hat and not tell okay. anyone? And people did. Good. It was amazing. I don't know that that would happen these days. And but um, Even the, the comeback of Paul McGann, that, I thought that was yeah. exceptional. I would have been a bit gutted if that was spoiled for me. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think, on the whole, I think... I think I've avoided main spoilers. Obviously, there was always going to be one or two. But... Yeah, but I think as as the writer on the letter is is pointing out there, like you know, knowing knowing what monster's going to be in a, in a story, that's not a, a massive spoiler for me. You no, know. and like uh, like I say, no, knowing if every, yeah. every week when you say next week we are watching Cyberwoman, say for example, yeah, you know. On one hand, that gets me excited. On the other, it doesn't. But you know, I had no idea what was actually going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And and at the end of the day, I wouldn't. Con I certainly wouldn't consider a title to be a spoiler. No, exactly. You know, titles are public knowledge. You're, you 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 see the title at the beginning of the episode before you know how the story's going to play out. Mm -hmm. So the intention there is that you know, going into the story, what it is called. Um, <laughs> So I think, yeah, I think people can be a bit too precious about it sometimes. But also I understand that everyone has their own preferences. Everyone has their own level of what they are happy to know beforehand or not. And I think you've just got to try and be smart about which corners of the Internet you go on. Whether yeah. do you read something like Doctor Who magazine? Like, for example, DWM tends to run a 
story preview feature for upcoming episodes. I don't tend to read those. I will sometimes read them after I've watched the episode, but they go, because at the end of the day, they've got three pages to fill. They end up referring to a few too many production details about what's going to be coming up. And I'd rather discover those those smaller details for myself, even if they are inconsequential to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I, some people, I imagine, love those kinds of features and they just, you know, in some ways they maybe like knowing beforehand, oh, yeah, I was reading in DWM, that's how they made that particular costume or, you know, whatever it is. And, and that just enhances the, the joy of it for me. But first time watching a, a story, I like to go in fairly cold. I like I like it to surprise me and to maybe go in directions I don't expect. Um, speaking of stories that go in directions you maybe don't expect, mm-hmm. I think it's time for us to talk about Cyberwoman. Yeah. Do we have any tweets this week? Oh, do we ever. Do we ever. Yeah. Uh, let me just pull them up. Uh, currently, David, it's 50-50 in the poll. 50% say regular right. episode, 50% say I watch it all in one go, 0% say we do it as a bonus episode. Mm. Well, there you go. Right. Um, we've got loads of tweets. Loads. We've got nine this week, David. Crikey. Right. The first one, I think it's the first time this person's been in touch. It is a Twitter account called Hooniverse Draws where they've put up a lot of different Doctor Who artwork that they've produced. Do you want to say hello, David? Hello, welcome. Uh, They say, this is awful in many ways. It makes Time Lash look competent. Only the barbecue sauce part has some comedy relief. It's embarrassing for anyone who worked on it or sat through it. The writer and the show got better, fortunately. Mm -hmm. So I hear. Okay. Uh, second tweet, I don't know if this is a first time Twitter, but it's somebody we've had correspondence with on Twitter. This comes from the Chatsunami podcast. Say hello, David. Hello, Chatsunami podcast. Uh, I've given them a little listen. I'd recommend it if anybody wants. They, they kind of do a little bit of everything. A little bit of gaming, a little bit of films, a little bit of TV. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, so they say the concept of trying to save a loved one by cyber conversion is really interesting. But why, in the sweet, crispy Christ, would you slap a pair of heels onto a Cyberman and come away feeling proud of that design? Yeah. <laughs> it's what it comes down to, really. I think, uh, I think a lot of people probably share that opinion. Right. Next message is James Courtney. Say hello, David. Hello, James. James says, yeah, not good. Yanto is handled so oddly in this episode. It does explore some interesting ideas with the Cybermen, in particular the gory horror which Doctor Who couldn't do. Weird episode. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, up next is Sonia, but I'm going to preface this, Sonia. You've sent two tweets this week. I think you may have forgotten the rules. We make no exceptions for aristocracy. Mm. Well, I can take away Marty McLean Hall of Fame places just as easy as I give them out, David. You certainly can. Okay. Everyone knows my rules are strict, yet whimsical. So. (laughs) Yeah. Sonia says, the costume alone tells me I'm going to have a hard time with this one. And then she does message once she's watched it, so I might let her off here. Mm -hmm. 
She says, I watched it. It could, have, it could have been good, but they decided to make a costume that just made no sense just to be sexy. And they made the black woman an evil Cyberman not, who not only dies, but puts her brain into a white lady. I wanted to rip my eyeballs out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not a good look, is it? There's like some reoccurring themes in this week's tweets, aren't there? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Why don't we say hello to Jim? It's almost as though this is a terribly misguided episode, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Why don't you say hello to James Swifty Swift, David? Hello, James. James says, it's not the worst concept. When done well, we could have had what we got with the Lone Cyberman in Series 12. Unfortunately, it's Torchwood Series 1, so it's cringy and hard to watch and uh, hard to want to like it. It's still better than day one. Yeah, that comparison to the Lone Cyberman, I hadn't thought about that uh, um, beforehand. But yeah, that makes it even worse, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. next tweet comes from Caroline from the My Adventures in Space and Time podcast. One of the few hello, Caroline. Doctor Who podcasts out there. I was going to say, say yeah, hello, absolutely. David, but you've already interrupted me. Don't worry about it. Okay. I apologise. It's fine. It's fine. Just don't do it again. Okay. Caroline <laughs> says, could have been interesting. Sorry, could have been an interesting plot if done well. But oh my lord, that costume. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> not good. I think everyone's going to mention the costume, aren't they? Right. We've got three tweets to go. Okie doke. Next one is from Kimberly. Say hello, David. Hi, Kimberly. Who says, all I keep thinking about uh, when I've seen this episode in the past is why would you try and make a Cyberman slash Cyberwoman sexy? Trying to save a loved one is a good idea, but that costume, just no. Mm-hmm. Right, final two tweets. Who do you want first, Ariel or BT Flibbity Giggard? Let's have Ariel first. Okay. Ariel says, an interesting idea, but a horrible execution, and I wish the emotional beats had landed better. I think this was about the point in my first watch where I was wondering if I liked Torchwood. Keeping in mind I was 14 and really hated anything rated higher than PG-13. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely I can see why you'd struggle under those circumstances. Uh, I, for myself, I'm pretty sure last time I tried watching Torchwood, this was the episode uh, that I bailed on. I watched this one and I thought, you know what? No. Cannot be bothered with this. Do you think we're over the Even hump? if people say it gets better. Do you think it's going to get good from now on? I don't know. People say it gets better, but I, I, I've seen very... Over the years, people seem to have very different ideas about exactly when it gets better. So I'm not... I, I, I don't think I can say with certainty that we're out of the woods yet. Right. The final tweet comes from BT Flibbity Giggard. Who says, watching this is basically just going, wow. Whoever designed this costume really wanted to see some woman cosplaying at cons, huh? Worst Cyberman design in history. It doesn't even make sense in the half-converted Cyberman plot. This should have been hardcore body horror. Yeah, it's... I mean, it's a swing and a miss, isn't it? I don't know how you feel about it, Matt. You know, do you want to give us an official I, ranking for you? I, I'm going to damn this with faint praise here, David. Yeah. I think this is the best episode of Torchwood we've seen so far. Wow. And this this is where you're going to shout at me, so just come down off your high horse. Yeah. I think this is the All best right. Cyberman story we've seen. 
Now, Bob. Bob. Hello. You, you, you know you can't just flippantly say things like that to me. Tell, tell me one that's better. And if you say two of the side uh, well, one, I'm going to walk to your house and burn it down. Uh, world Enough and Time. Which one's that one? Uh, the one where Bill gets converted in those two masters. All right, this is the second best Cyberman story we've seen. <laughs> um, okay, what about Dark Water, Death in Heaven? That, that's the one where Danny Pink shoots off like a rocket into space, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And everyone hates that one anyway because the Brigadier is a Cyberman. Yeah, I mean, I don't like that bit, but the rest of it, I think, is pretty darn solid. I think that's a good Cyberman story. No, no this one's better. Mm. I, I, you know, I, I will accept second best if, if, if you know. Yeah. I, I, I forgot I, about that I, Capaldi I, I, one, but this, this is better yeah. than the haunting of Villa Diodati. It's better than Tomb of the Cybermen. It's better than Doomsday. It's better than. Um, I can't remember the other ones. Yeah. Um, you need to watch fact, some more classic Cyberman uh, stories. Uh, is it better than The Tenth Planet? Up to you. Mm. I would say no. Absolutely not. Right, I might, I um, might put this as that... the third best Cyberman story. Mm. Okay. Joint, joint I, you, first. You see the reason. At sorry, least. joint second with Tenth Planet. Mm. No, the Doctor's <laughs> in bed for all of that. Like, well, I, I genuinely I cannot think believe. there's a real kernel of a good idea. And yeah, it maybe doesn't quite hit it, but is it better than having the Doctor in bed for two episodes? Yes, it is, David. <laughs> is it better than a beloved character turning into a robot and blasting into space just for the point of mentioning that character? Yes, it is, David. <sighs> is right. it better okay. than anything starring Patrick Troughton? Yes, it is, David. A smashed glass sandwich is better than anything Patrick Troughton was in. Okay, Matt. We're just going to have to move on, I think. Don't, don't get me wrong. I do not like this episode. <laughs> but it is still the best episode of Torchwood and the joint second best Cyberman story we've seen. Astounding. Astounding behaviour there. Um, I'm just gonna. We're just gonna have to move on though from 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 that, Matt. It's. It, I, it, I'm too hot to argue with you, David. Um, just to do a quick fashion report, I'm just sat in my pants. Yeah. When, when you were doing, I'm, have I'm, I got I'm, news I'm, for you? I took my top off. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm still. I'm, I'm still wearing the top, but only just. It must be said. Uh, I mean, if you want, um, before we get into the episode, we can have a midpoint break. Go put some deodorant on. Have a cold shower. Nah, it's good. Let's just bash through this because right. I, I don't want to prolong the agony any longer than is necessary. So so just to be clear, listeners, um, I do not agree with Matt uh, on on his Cyberman story rankings. Um, this is terrible. Yeah. It's terrible oh, it as terrible. a Cyberman story. It is terrible. Um, but it also, just just in general, as a work of fiction, it it's... I like the idea it's of him trying to preserve a loved one through cyber conversion. I it's a great, a great premise. Idea. Yeah, it, it, but it's utterly squandered by the execution. Mm. <laughs> Pretty much all the creative choices that are made in pursuit of that story 
only serve to undermine and, uh, you know, just dismantle any of the dramatic potential uh, that lies within that concept. So I I think, because this is one of those cases where RTD came up with a concept and handed it to Chibnall and said, off you go, write this. Um, Great concept from RTD. I can't imagine what he must have been thinking when he sat in the edit bay and watched it. Do you think he was sat there watching a CGI pterodactyl you know, pecking away at a scantily clad cyber lady and thinking, yes, my vision has been fulfilled. This is exactly what I was going for. Great job, everyone. Well, we'll see. Astonishing. Yeah. All right, let's let's do this. Let's do this. So this is Cyberwoman. It is episode four of series one. How many episodes have we got to go? Oh, loads. It's a massive series. That's yeah. We've but we fortunately, you know, we've got we've got we've got episode two hundred, so we've got at least one detour. Who knows if if the poll if the poll um, comes out in favour of doing a regular episode of uh, Doctor Who redacted, then maybe we'll just just slap that in the middle of this series of Torchwood as well, just as a bit of a breather. Yeah. Because, I mean, I think we're both finding this series a bit of a slog, aren't we? Yeah, I was till this episode. Right, this is from the 5th of November, 2006. Written by Chris Chibi Chibnall and directed Mm -hmm. by James Strong. Yeah. More like James Weak. Uh, Ironic, because I would say the direction is one of the weaker elements. Yeah, yeah. Right. Did you know, I was reading, I was reading, uh, uh, just to, you know, doing a little bit of research to see what, what the initial um, critical reception was for this story. Some people actually did praise it at the time. Den of Geek gave it a, a positive write-up, which I, I bet they regret <laughs> nowadays. Um, and uh, Jane Tranter, you know, um, one of the key, key producers behind the series said it was one of her favourites of series one. Yeah. Astonishing behaviour. Um, but anyway, the, the thing that I was going to mention was, in terms of the production and the direction, um, the episode, the, the, the scene where Ianto it finds the partially converted um, lady, I forget her name, um, is it Lisa? Lisa. Lisa, yeah. Um, and it's basically just him sort of grabbing her in amongst a bit of tarpaulin. That took them an entire day to shoot. Because the cameras kept failing. It's almost as if it was you damned know. from the off. <laughs> anyway, um, I just thought that was that was that was a striking uh, bit of trivia. Anyway, uh, let's let's crack on. Right. So we open with Ianto, the man himself, going to work, mm-hmm. uh, and he's yeah. just doing his job whilst Torchwood are just playing basketball around a pterodactyl. Oh now, god! I'll tell you what, that that is like a nightmare scenario for me. We, we've got casual social teen sports, uh, loud pop music playing in a big echoey chamber, making it really unpleasant of the ears. Now, obviously, um, Torchwood are a secret government department. You know, mm-hmm. they keep it on the down low. People are unaware of their existence. Yeah. So how do you think they went about getting a Torchwood branded basketball hoop? 
<laughs> I didn't spot that, that. Yeah, I didn't spot the that. The backboard. It's oh, transparent, dear. but it had torchwood and the symbol on it. Oh, God. It's, it's baffling, isn't it? Like, and, and there's... Don't they just, like... Um, uh, they, they phone up Jodrell Bank later and say, oh, hi, it's Torchwood here. It's like, how secret is this organisation? Yeah. It seems like there would definitely be tons of information about it on uh, a, a, a simple Google search away. Yeah, especially the forever getting curious. food delivered. Yeah. At least the I Teenage Mutant yeah, that... Ninja Turtles made the delivery man leave it on the street and they'd just pick it up later. Yeah, it, it begs a lot of questions. So uh, what I will say up top is I'm glad we're getting an Ianto episode at this stage. Like, because so far... That poor bloke has had maybe what six lines in total. Yeah, but after a full for a main story, character, I somehow care about him less. Yeah, I'm not saying it it did him justice. I'm just saying it was it was probably the right choice to try and give him a bit more depth at this stage. Mm. Right. So all of Torchwood except Yanto leave and go for drinks. Uh, he orders yeah. two pizzas. So first of all, I was yeah. like, "Ooh, who was the other one for?" And this is where we get a man who arrives. I forget his name, but he is a doctor who is entering Torchwood where Ianto says, oh, I did all I could. So, mm. you know, he's up to some shady dealings. He surely is. Uh, this is where we get the reveal of the cyber woman who Yanto kisses and calls her Lisa. Yeah. Okay, so let's just up front address the the costume like it's terrible it's awful it should not have been <laughs> like i mean quite apart from the sexism involved it it, it causes serious canonical problems <laughs> the idea that for this one particular lady they decided to to to, to make make her a sexy cyberman with with heels and and you know boobs and the rest of it whereas like we have seen you know in this era because this is it's just meant to have taken place during the battle of canary wharf the series two finale we see uh yvonne hartman being converted into a cyberman in that story and she looks like every other cyberman mm. because that's the point of cybermen but they, they do say in this episode that they started rushing conversion didn't they in order to try that's and... not get the advantage if you if you're rushing conversion you don't suddenly redesign the feet to be the feet to be less practical do you well no no <laughs> no it makes no sense from a purely canonical perspective and then on top of that it just is yeah egregious um and it's one of those moments, another reminder, which I seem to get, you get these every week with Torchwood, it seems, where it's just like, oh yeah, 2006 was a long time ago. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like it when you just think about it, but when, when you see something that was made in 2006, you just think, we just, this just wouldn't happen now. We just wouldn't be making those kinds of creative choices. Um, it's kind of fascinating in that way, but uh, yeah, awful. Right. Yeah, but some of the creepy Doctor Who fans will have loved it. You know who I'm talking about, David. Let's move. Oh, on. certainly at the time. 
Yeah. I, I'm sure there are there are dark corners of the internet where people are still furtively defending yeah. <laughs> Cyberwoman. But I, I, uh, I the, be, the less we think about that, the better. When they're all perverts, I hate them. Mm. Right. <laughs> so, it turns out she's the only one left after Doomsday. And she was con yeah. converted, as we've said, as part of the Canary Wharf battle. Uh, she's only yeah. about 55% Cyberman, and Ianto wants her back. This is where we yeah. see Lisa wake up and find out that Dr. Guy's here to help her. So the first yeah. thing they do is help her to breathe without support. And whilst this is going on, uh, Torchwood in the bar have been summoned to a UFO sighting. Yeah. Uh, so Ianto sees that they're coming back to base on the CCTV. Um, what, 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 why, why is it that Captain Jack is, is so comfortable with just having his entire team just out for a night out or all at home or, or whatever. Like, has he not heard of rotors? We, we've talked about this. It's the torture yeah. way. All for one and one it, for it, all. It's, <laughs> it, really, it really needs sorting out. He needs to, like, just get some administrative, administrative stuff in there. To straighten things out yeah, a bit. Yeah, he's got one, but unfortunately, he was downstairs shagging a robot the whole time. He's <laughs> like, oh, have you got next week's rotors done? Uh, I'll, I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, they're coming back to base, and Ianto begins to panic, and Lisa begins converting the doctor that helped her. Uh, mm -hmm. So, Ianto begins to distract the Torchwood team. You know, no need to go downstairs. And he covers up a power shortage with lies. He says the generators have been failing all night, but actually a lot of energy is being used downstairs whilst Lisa's converting people. Um, yeah. So the upgrade failed and Lisa killed the doctor, which causes Yanto to scream. And it's that time of the week where they need to dispose of a body. Yeah. <laughs> We never see what he does. Yes. He just drags it out the rim. There's probably piled high in the corridor. Oh, I, I really, because I, I, I've forgotten a lot of the detail of this episode, and part of me was just like, oh, I really hope that this basically turns into the Torchwood equivalent of uh, that Faulty Towers episode, Kipper and the Corpse. Yeah. <laughs> Familiar with that one. Yeah. Where it's just um, Basil and Manuel just, uh, just <laughs> hauling this body around the hotel hiding it from people for the entire episode. I would have loved that if the rest of it was just Ianto clumsily yeah. sneaking a dead Japanese scientist around the Torchwood HQ. Some sort of weird weekend at Bernie situation. <laughs> yeah, oh dear. But uh, sadly not to be. Right. Uh, Torchwood continue hunting the UFO and their system detects another life form whilst they're scanning for Yanto in the power cut because he's not responding to their communication. Uh, mm -hmm. Gwen and Owen then go to investigate and approach Lisa's lair. Tosh and Jack stay upstairs and watch the CCTV of Yanto conversing with this doctor. Uh, yeah. Owen begins to freak out at the sight of the cyber converter. And as soon as yeah. they spot that, conveniently, all the communication devices start working properly again. Yeah. You know what I will say here? Chap who plays Owen, very good actor. 
Yeah. I I, th I thought his performance where he started freaking out was was really well done. Like he's, he's a horrible character he plays. Yeah. <laughs> but he he play he he absolutely rises to the occasion with it. Um, we, I'm not sure the same could be said for all of the cast in Torchwood so far. We'll probably touch on that a little more later. Yeah. Uh, so Lisa then attacks Owen. So Jack runs down to go help. Uh, Lisa yeah. then attacks Gwen and puts her into the converter. Mm. Uh, Yanto yeah. turns up and stops Jack shooting Lisa. And this all ends with Tosh turning off the Torchwood power to stop the conversion machine. Yeah. Nice one, Tosh. Yeah. Uh, so she's. Do you, do you get the feeling that that like Tosh is the only sane member of Torchwood? Yeah, I think she just goes home and whoever she's at home with, a partner, whoever, it's like good day yeah. work, and she's just like, I work. I'm surrounded by idiots. <laughs> I, I'm certain yeah. everyone at work feels like they're the only competent person there. I know I certainly do some days. But mm. in Tosh's case, yeah. Yeah. Right, so the Torchwood team now hunting Lisa whilst Yanto walks off, except Jack puts a gun to Yanto's head. Uh, Yanto Again, uh, we, we, we see, we're seeing um, Jack's unorthodox management style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just openly threatening to murder his employees. Yeah, so Yanto says he's sad because nobody cares for him. I, I can kind of agree with where he's coming from there. Mm -hmm. uh, oh. And then to help him feel better, Jack just goes, look, there's no cure for Cyberman. I'm going to put it down either way. It's like he doesn't listen. <laughs> Yanto's pouring his poor little heart out and Jack's just like, look, that's all yeah. well and good, but I am going to kill your girlfriend. Yeah, I, I mean... Jack, Jack, every decision Jack makes in this story is basically the wrong one. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying his analysis of the situation is incorrect, but his his approach in handling it is appalling. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yanto says, look, the conversion wasn't complete. We might be able to get back. And he questions whether Jack's ever loved anybody. Uh, Lisa, I didn't really get this bit. She says Torchwood HQ will be the base for a new cyber army, but then she doesn't really do a great deal to build a cyber army. Well, she needs she needs some more people. And to be fair, she does spend the rest of the episode just sort of chasing people around, trying to get them. Um, then Jack tries some mind games, and I... Is John Barrowman a good actor? If we take away all the accusations <laughs> and everything, like I think he's, I think he's an all right actor. I, yeah, but he's so unexpressive. He has the same tone of voice no matter what he's doing. Yeah. There's a bit where he's dishing orders out, and he's like, "Owen, go get the weapons. Tosh, sort <laughs> the power out. Gwen, come with me." And I'm just like. What? What? Hey. Oh, no. Yeah, I think, I think Barrowman is good if you give him the right material. One of the big issues I have with Torchwood so far is that they're not writing Captain Jack properly. <laughs> you know, 
he's uh, if you th- if you cast your mind back to how Captain Jack was in those early RTD series, and he's this you know this roguish scamp, and and then all of a sudden we we cut to Torchwood, and he's like in this position of authority, and he's just. He's just grim and miserable and brooding. Mm. And like, this isn't Captain Jack. Yeah. You know, where is that? Where is that impish, swashbuckling scallywag of a character? There's no charm to him here, is there? No, no. And uh, yeah, that's very much to, to its detriment, I think, as a series. Right, Lisa catches a glimpse of her own reflection and says she is disgusting and incomplete and says, why don't I put my brain in your body, Yanto? Two people as one, isn't that what love is? Um, yeah, And then again, the, I hate I hate to get all, all Doctor Who nerd over this, but, like, that's not Cyberman talk. No, they're emotionless. That's just, that's just baffling. The idea that, uh, the also the idea of just like putting her brain in his body is. Uh, then what are you going to do with his brain? Like, you've you've esse- essentially just erased him. Like, uh, uh, log- If you if you're going with oh it's robot logic, well no it isn't. That doesn't make sense. Hmm. Um, on a on a robot logic level, and also yeah, why does she have any interest in? I guess partially converted, um, whatever. But. Uh, I don't know. I feel like the potential that again the dramatic potential of of having a partially converted Cyberman is is dealt with so poorly here, especially when you compare it to what they did with Ashad, the lone Cyberman. Yeah. Um. So yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, where are we after? So Lisa then attacks everyone, and Jack sends Tosh to go and try and sort out the power whilst Lisa hunts. Uh, Lisa knocks Jack out, but because he can't die, he just gets straight back up. And everyone just has a bit of a runabout for a bit. Yeah. Right, so once Jack's back alive, Gwen and Owen hide in the autopsy room. They get into one of the little fridge cupboard for body things. And Mm -hmm. they have to lie one on top of the other. Yeah. Uh, So they have a little kiss. Because they're worried they're going to die, and Jack kisses. Yeah, well, that's one way to one way to view it. I would just say uh, that a a character that already has a problematic history of sexual assault again sexually assaults one of his colleagues, Um, and and it's sort of, I think, played for laughs again. Yeah, is that meant to be funny? That scene. I don't know. I don't know because Gwen does. Later, say that she could feel his hard on. Yeah, Again. just troubling. Yeah, just tr- troubling and unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, chop that out of the episode. It's not any better, is it? It's it's twenty minutes, twenty seconds shorter, but yeah. you know you've not lost much. Yeah. So Gwen's phone uh. goes off, which reveals their location to Lisa. So Owen then shanks Lisa, says, "You know, yeah. it was us or the her." But then Lisa revives. Uh, so in order to finish her off, Jack tags her with some liquid, which is like a scent thing for the pterodactyl we saw earlier. 
Yeah, he refers to it as barbecue sauce. Yeah, because it which causes is unnecessary. the pterodactyl to see Lisa as food, and it begins to tie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. I mean, are we meant to think this scene is funny? <laughs> uh, I don't know what we're meant to do here. Uh, that's the thing, because I cannot... Like I say, I can't, I can't imagine that anyone was happy with this. Like, apart from anything else, is how is that pterodactyl gonna? You know, I mean, we later find out that it, it doesn't manage to really do anything to her, does it? Mm. Uh, I, I, oh, I don't know. It's just because it, she's half metal. Do pterodactyls eat metal? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Not as far as I know. <laughs> Might just see her as like a sandwich in tinfoil. Yeah, uh, maybe. Right, so. I, I, I thought this pie. was where the episode was finished, but there was about a quarter of an hour left after this. Right. Oh, God. The torture yeah. team escaped yeah. to the street. Yanto punches Jack. And at that exact moment, the power comes back on. So Yanto runs back in. At the same mm. time. The pizza delivery girl has finally got there with Yanto's two peaches. Yeah, Yanto should definitely not be paying for those pizzas. No, no. Um, especially because she lets herself in and goes straight down to Torchwood HQ. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, Yanto goes down and draws a gun mm -hmm. until Jack just beats him and pulls the gun on him. No wonder Yanto's disgruntled at workplace like treatment. <laughs> We've talked about Yeah, that. it's appalling. Yeah. Especially when Jack makes the demand that Yanto executes his girlfriend. Yeah. It, it's kind of weird to be watching a sort of workplace set show where you, you come away the, with the feeling that practically every single person should be fired. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, basically, they, sh they should be left with just Tosh and, and, and hire entirely new personnel. To run that place. That that's what I want to see when they do all the new spin-offs. Do Torchwood, but do mm. it as like a mockumentary, like The Office. <laughs> I, I'd watch that. Right. Yeah, it could work. So Yanto says Jack's the real monster, and we we know that's true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Boy, yeah, that 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 hits differently in twenty twenty two, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised when he said you're the real monster. Barrowman didn't just get his little willy out. And, oh. <laughs> right, so Yanto goes back down and finds dead Lisa, but Lisa had put her brain into the pizza girl's body. Uh, Again, this is not what Cybermen do. Yeah. Because she's now... The whole point is that they're all about the upgrades. She's now transferred from a more upgraded body to a less upgraded one. You know, she's back to, to, to working with purely organic body, which is like, that is a backward step for a Cyberman. That is, that goes against their programming. It, uh, bonkers. And, and it, it, again, sort of like needlessly cruel, you know. It's just, it's, it's basically horror for the sake of horror. Uh, it's okay, though, because she's having a little talk uh, with Yanto, and then the Torchwood team just turn mm. up pumper full of lead in front of him. Yeah, good job. And then in my good notes, job, I just put, oh, no, guys, time to stage another suicide. And then I just yeah. expect the Curb Your Enthusiasm music to kick in. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, yeah. So, yeah, then it just ends. Yanto goes back to work, just really sad, putting all their rubbish in the bin, tidying up after them. Yeah. Uh, I mean... Yeah. you got to ask the question as well. What is a sackable offence? Yeah. <laughs> in Torchwood. Like, we've seen if them Yanto... throwing each other. We've seen them kissing yeah. each other against one another's will. And now we've got Ianto smuggles incredibly dangerous technology and keeps it secret from everyone else in Torchwood, presumably for at least months. Yeah, it looked like he was this well versed because he'd obviously like, found yeah. the world's top surgeon. Yeah, that would have taken a while. Um, so, yeah, it... it, it, it it, it, presumably, yeah, that you, you cannot get fired from Torchwood, no matter how many transgressions you pull. I, I wonder um, if by the end of like the full run, we'll see someone get sacked, and I'll be amazed when it happens. Yeah, yeah. I it'll be it'll be interesting to know if they do go down that route. What what the actual yeah. Uh, what 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 the straw that breaks the camel's back is, um, yeah. As I say, it, the premise, the premise is a strong one. The execution leaves a lot to be desired. I I, I on paper, it's a good idea to do uh, an Ianto focused episode. I'm not convinced yet that the actor who plays Ianto quite has the chops to deal with that. Like I'll be honest, I thought a lot of his sobbing and grimacing and whatnot was a little bit fresh out of drama school. Um, and, and I don't mean to be incredibly harsh. I mean, that probably is incredibly harsh, but like I, it didn't, it didn't quite ring true to me. Um, but to be fair, that's, that's hard. That's hard to do. I, I'm not, I'm not sat here saying I could do better because I absolutely couldn't. But um, I think if you're going to have a character who's the emotional backbone of your story, they've got to be up to the task of doing that heavy lifting. And I didn't feel like he was, but this, this script and, and this production didn't do anyone any favors. No, no. Um, I, I think it speaks volumes that we have seen worse than this. Yes, because that's the thing. This is this is terrible, and it's probably it's probably the most uh, outright offensive episode of Torchwood we've seen so far. But I don't think it is as bad as episode two was. Yeah, this is like middle of the road. <laughs> uh, like I say, I think I probably like I would rank this probably towards the top, and it was dreadful. <laughs> yes, we really can't overstate that. You know. Um, well, who knows? Maybe next week is where it all changes, as 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 um, Jack is so fond of saying. Yeah. Um, at the start of every it episode, it does seem the more with. things change, the more they stay the same. That doesn't it? Yeah. So next week, Matt, we are going to be discussing. An episode entitled Small Worlds. Mm. Yeah. 
So, make of that. Yeah, make of that. I can't believe you spoiled that for me. Oh, I know. I'm sorry, Matt. I'm sorry. But uh, anyway, uh, do look forward to that uh, and do join us for that, listeners. Uh, Until then, as always, thank you ever so much for listening. And until next time, cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.